This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. These are your top five running backs for week four fantasy football, a position littered with injuries, depth chart changes, guys getting a ton of work and not excelling at it. But these guys are Christian McCaffrey in the number one spot per usual against the Arizona Cardinals, Tony Pollard at number two against the New England Patriots and Hayden based on Wednesday practices. Austin Eckler should be back in our lives at number three. That's good news on multiple fronts. Number one, Austin Eckler is deserving to be top three whenever he's healthy. It's good news for the Chargers. It's also good news for me because I don't have to rake Joshua Kelly. <laughs> Great for us. Uh, and to close up the top five, Kenneth Walker against the New York Giants and B. John Robinson against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just quick note on Tony Pollard. I think he had, what, 14 carries inside of the 10-yard line heading into the season after four years in the NFL. He already has 15 this season. <laughs> It's crazy The I do. I have this expected fantasy points model. He's projected for 24.3 points based off his usage by far the most, like five points different uh, versus second place. So, yeah, it's it's going to happen. One of these games, Tony Pollard's going to like really pop off. He's been this close to a bunch of them. Uh, and quickly, I want to talk about Bijan Robinson because he's coming off his biggest down week so far. He's at 16 touches, 23 touches, then 14 touches in the last three games. He played a season high nearly 81% of the snaps in negative game script last week. But this Jaguars defense that he's facing has been like super solid versus running back so far. Yeah. And as we looked at with the tank Dell stuff, they were putting eight men in the box. So they are going to, I think dare Desmond to beat them in the air. We just haven't actually seen, especially last week, Bijan Robinson as a focal point of the passing game either other than this first two weeks. Yeah, that's exactly what this matchup chart is looking at, too. The Falcons offense on the ground is really good, but so is the Jaguars defense on the ground. And that's why Kenneth Walker, I have a head here. He's in the eruption spot category. Um, and honestly, like Bijan and Kenneth Walker as the running backs four and five in my rankings is just like a sign of how poor the position is as oh. a whole. Like, I don't think they project all that well. They're like fine RB ones, but the top three to me are the ones that like completely stand out. Uh, when they're fully healthy. Well, Zap is barking for a big week for, for B. John Robinson. So hopefully we get that from him. Okay, let's start in tier two with your running back six this week. That is Raheem Mostert at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Raheem Mostert now has seven touchdowns while averaging 6.3 yards per touch to open the season. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, he's the RB9 in usage and bankably very efficient on it. I was looking back at what happened with the Bills games last year. And as you can tell right here in week 15, the last time they played the Bills with Tua, they ran the ball a lot more than they had in other matchups. And I, that might be something with the two high coverages. Mm. Um, but either way, I think that Raheem is going to be used in the pass game as well. They had a bunch of targets to him early on in the game. And obviously... The scheme is just so beautiful to watch. So I think the Bills defense is pretty solid, but nothing too scary with the Dolphins and Bills game projected for a billion points. 
Yeah, you mentioned that you looked back at last season uh, 17 times for 136 yards with a 20-yard reception in his last game versus the Buffalo Bills. It's interesting. The Dolphins are actually underdogs this week. Obviously, it's at Buffalo. Three points right now is uh, the the live spread. But despite that, you know, the Dolphins are sixth in expected uh, points for this week with 25 and a quarter at this moment. Yeah, man. I mean, the Bills defense is so interesting. Rich Rebar pointed this out. They're really hot and cold in terms of their run defense. Like they're allowing just 0.73 yards before contact per carry, which is eighth best in the league. But then once that running back is breaking the line and, you know, breaking contact, they're allowing a league high 4.84 yards per carry. So they either stuff you behind the line or you can reel off some big gains, which for a Dolphins team... That's an interesting one. Okay, Kyron Williams is your running back seven. He's the running back 10, according to Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings this week. He's the RB6 on RB2 usage. I'm just kind of sticking by what's happened the first three weeks. The Rams are projected for about league average in points, and they're playing with a lot of pace as well. So I think that Kyron just like not leaving the field and the usage and his fantasy points for the first couple weeks of the season back that up. Let me ask you, is this because of the running aspect of running back for Kyron Williams, or is it more in the passing game and inside the 20, inside the 10-yard line usage for Kyron Williams? Well, the answer to that is he's used in all of them. So <laughs> it's like hard to separate which one's like really like mattering to him. Like he's not he's game script independent, which is rare for right. the position. And this is supposed to be a close game. Um, I, I think the Colts could score points on the Rams on the other side. So I think this is just a, a good bounce back spot for the Rams who finally had a bad, bad game, but I still believe that it's going to be a pretty good offense in general. Yeah. I believe the live spread is two and a half uh, where they are underdogs at the moment. Um, I asked that question because Kyron Williams doesn't have a single carry of 10 or more yards right? so far this season. But you know, if you get three runs to get 10 yards and then versus one, you know, it still equals out in the end for the same fantasy points for us. I know it wasn't a huge game for Kyron last week, yeah. but he still had 18.1 expected fantasy points. I'm, I am worried about his efficiency in general because I just don't think that he's like crazy good. But it's hard to fail when you're getting 18 <laughs> fantasy points on average. Yeah. And, and to your point, the game script independent part, since they are underdogs, the receiving work should be there. He was just missed, you yeah. know, over his head a couple of times this past week. OK, before we go any further, you know, what I'm about to do. Praise the 30% who watch and subscribe to the channel. You know that we lead our tiers and rankings each week with this running back spot. Tomorrow, it's quarterbacks, tight ends, and you true sickos who loves defenses. And then Friday, heading into the weekend, it is wide receivers. And most importantly, Sunday morning, Q&A, when we have all the news. And I will repeat all the news because right now in these rankings, Hayden is not factoring in Saquon Barkley because we have not had a positive practice report so far. Yeah, lots of news to update. We'll do the matchups and all that stuff going into Sunday morning. Also, Best Ball Resurrection is back. If you are playing on Underdog Fantasy, we have a tournament that you can draft right now. The tournament starts in week six. You have a couple weeks to get some drafts in, react to the news. You can be making, correcting your mistakes from the season. If you already had dealing with a bunch of injuries, it's not too late to get another fantasy team in there. So use promo code the show. We'll match your deposit up to $100. But Best Ball Resurrection is a lot of fun. And you have a couple weeks to get some drafts in $300,000 in prizes. So it's a legit tournament. What I've always noticed with Best Ball Resurrection is people aren't correcting enough 
for mm. players who have shot so far, like the likes of probably Puka Nakua and Tank Dell, maybe at the running back spot, someone like Raheem Mostert or okay. Kyron Williams. Um, I noticed that just a couple of years ago when people were fading certain running backs, a la James Conner and Leonard Fournette, and you were still able to get them not as top 12 running backs overall. Yep. So it's a really fun way to kind of gauge people's thoughts for rest of season rankings too. Yep. It's a lot of fun. All right. Let's get back to the tiers. The reason I want to take a break there is because uh, the next name on the list is Josh Jacobs against Los Angeles Chargers. I know it's the Chargers, Hayden, but like what confidence should people freaking have in Josh Jacobs right now? I mean, not a lot, just purely based off of upside. It's still there, but the freaking blocking has been bad. He's career worse in yards before contact and after contact right now. So like nothing's going right. And the Raiders are also 31st in plays per game. That's to me is like the, the scariest part of this at the same time though, Josh Jacobs is still the RB seven in usage. He's still on 79% snap rate, which is hard to find in the NFL right now. And the chargers defense is 27th in success rate. And like last year, Josh Jacobs had a game where he ran, ran the ball 26 times for 144 yards and one touchdown. So like you're looking at this rankings and it seems very high because he's been so bad to start the season, but like, We'll get to these other names in a second here. There's red flags on all these guys at this point. Yeah, his weekly finishes so far, running back 30, running back 27, running back 20 in fantasy points per game. And, you know, teams have run on the Denver Broncos, as we just saw. That's who he played in week one. Teams have run the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who he played in week three as running back 20. And we just talked about the Bills and how they can be hot and cold. So it's not like, as you said, it's been a difficult run of defenses that he's faced so far. Maybe the easiest test, though, is the Chargers this week. Okay. Zach Moss, the running back nine against the Los Angeles Rams. Talk to me. He's the RB4 on RB5 usage. He's playing like 80 to 100% of the snaps. Uh, Trey Sermon's the only guy backing him up right now. Oh, so yeah. the only reason why I have him lower <laughs> than where he's been ranking in the last couple of weeks is because Anthony Richardson's on pace to return. And I do think that will negatively impact Zach Moss to some degree. But I really trust the Colts coaching staff and their pace and just how they're schemed up right now. And Zach Moss isn't a difference maker by himself, but short, compact, decent enough hands. I think he's going to be phased, uh, keep kept in the game plan regardless of game script here. And it's supposed to be another even matchup. So I think it's just a solid day for him. Yeah. And we get him as a home favorite here, right? And in week two, that was a road favorite, I believe, against the Houston Texans. Maybe they were even underdogs in that game. I can't remember. And last week against the Ravens, obviously they were uh, underdogs as well. But like a, a matchup, where a guy's going to touch the football a ton at yeah. home. Uh, this is the environment where we do play Zach Moss, and I'm super confident about it, and you should be, after running back 10 and running back 4 starts. Yeah, and look at the Colts are, like, in this kind of elite quadrant, like, up Love to the it. right. Like, you are not expecting this to happen so quickly, but that's optimism with Anthony Richardson and optimism with his coaching staff. I think both are deserved. Okay. Derrick Henry next. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, 11 carries last week, Hayden. Or the yeah. fewest number of rushing yards uh, that Henry has had in a game since week 14 of the 2017 season. Yikes. It's what happens when the Titans are projected for this few of points. Oh. Like game scripts can get completely out of control with the Titans early. And Peter Skaronsky has been out with an appendix rupture. They're trying to get him to eat more and like get back in the weight room to see if he can play. But that's their best offensive lineman. You can make an argument very easily that it's the worst offensive line in the NFL uh, if Peter Skronsky's not out there. So 
Derrick Henry's still capable of a huge run. We just haven't seen them at the same pace as we did a couple years ago. He's the RB15 in usage so far. Bengals right now, 4.4 yards per carry to running backs, kind of right in the middle of the pack and all these defensive metrics. It's just, it's not looking great for Derrick Henry, but I'm struggling to find guys that it's looking great for. I have a couple more after this that I, I might substitute in at this okay. running back in spot and try to convince you. Uh, Travis Etienne's next is your running back. 11, not to take the words out of your mouth, 23 touches turned into 138 yards against the Houston Texans. I'm not going to say he transformed into this player, but like what we get now from Travis Etienne is a super explosive downhill, almost like bounce, like bowling ball, mm-hmm. uh, tackle breaker between the 10s. And the reason he probably can't rank higher for you than this is the Jaguars have had four carries inside the 10-yard line so far this season. Three have gone to Tank Bigsby and one has gone to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, just hard to get that elite upside unless he's breaking off long runs, but he's still definitely capable of doing this. And then also the Falcons, to me, look way better on defense, and they're going to drain the clock out on offense. So it's like a neutral game script for him. They should win this game, but they're not like massive favorites either. And I think the the Jaguars' like offensive line just hasn't gelled all the way. There's been penalties. They've just barely missed on a bunch of things. So I think ETN will be fine here, but... Their short yardage inefficiency probably means that Tank Bigsby is just going to keep on kind of hanging around at least. Yeah, I mean, he that has been the common thread and the narrative, not just from the media, but from the coaches' mouths. Doug mm-hmm. Peterson, Press Taylor, all offseason said we reflected on the 2022 season. We were inefficient in short yardage situations, so we brought in Tank Bigsby. And so we should believe them because all that we have seen so far is – in short yard situations, the goal line situations, Tank Bigsby comes into the ballgame. And that's not to take anything away from Travis Etienne. But mm-hmm. again, he's going to flirt with some weeks, definitely inside of the top 10. Um, but in order to be locked into, let's say, that top five that we have at the top of this tier group, you have yeah. to score touchdowns. And it's more difficult to do that. We're not getting carries inside the 10-yard line. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. He's at least playing almost all of the passing situations. Totally. So that's, that's good news for him. They just don't throw him the ball that much. Okay. You are already three spots above consensus on Deandre Swift. He is your running back 12 against the Washington commanders. He's running back 15. He's the one that I would put as running back 10 this week. I have supreme Mm -hmm. confidence in what Deandre Swift can do behind this offensive line. And it's so clear that he's the most explosive rusher this team has. Yeah, last week you can see right here, DeAndre Swift got most of the usage, though Kenny Gainwell was in, and then especially in garbage time. He had 12.2 expected fantasy points with Kenny Gainwell back in the lineup, which is kind of like right in this range. I'm with you, though. I think that his efficiency will be really strong because it's been cupcake holes that he's been running through. So I think Washington's a neutral opponent in general. Philadelphia, obviously huge favorites, eight and a half points at home. We'd love to see that. They're projected for a lot of points. It's just... He's not going to catch any passes. He's probably, what, 50-50 to get the actual goal line carry because Jalen Hurts is going to get his. So I think this is kind of the range. You can. It's basically the very similar situation. As Derek Henry, I hear you on that, so I might flip those two. Yeah, I mean, close your eyes. All of you out there, close your eyes. And just like picture, you have one running back two spot in your lineup. Derek Henry sitting there <laughs> and DeAndre Swift is sitting there. Which one do you really want to play? Which one do you really want to watch on a Sunday? You know, and whenever we get like 175 yards from one back and then 130 yards the next week, I think we should feel supremely mm-hmm. confident, especially in a spot when they're heavy home favorites. Okay. The close your eyes theory. It's brand new. I like <laughs> the it. Close your eyes theory. We're going to 
change that ranking on the fly. There we go. Okay, to start tier three, we go to James Cook against the Miami Dolphins. Somewhat similar to what we just said about Travis Etienne, that he is doing so much of the dirty work, and he has been so good. I mean, he's only behind Christian McCaffrey in yards from scrimmage for running backs through three weeks. And he has 145 yards on runs 10 plus yards that have gained 10 plus yards. But once again, when we get inside the 10-yard line, Hayden, Latavius Murray has six carries, Damon Harris has four carries, Josh Allen has three carries, and James Cook has three carries. It is an eruption spot, though. And this is going to be such a fast-paced game, so I still want to have James Cook be pretty totally. optimistic on him. So I ranked him a little bit higher than where he's been in usage in actual half PPR points. Um, I just want to have pieces in this game, and I do think that one of the change-ups the Bills can run with is running the ball between the 20s because he's been so efficient on that. So uh, even with the goal line usage, I still have him kind of in this territory just because we're looking for stable RB2s right now. I think that James Cook's role is very stable. I will say, and this is probably from a, a game script standpoint a bit, the Chargers backs to open the season ran 32 times for 208 yards and two touchdowns against this Dolphins defense. Then the last two weeks, New England, which was a closer matchup, and mm -hmm. Denver running backs, which we know was totally out of whack, only ran 39 times for 129 yards and a touchdown. So mm -hmm. I think we're still learning who some of these defenses are, what they're good at and what they're not. And obviously injuries and offensive line stuff plays roles in that too. I'm with you. James Cook is awesome. I'm just trying to put everything in perspective. Yep. A little. Running back 14. We get him back in our lives. Promo code Alvin gets Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> running back 19 in consensus rankings. You have him as running back 14. Yeah, they're middle of the pack in plays per game and then projected points this week as a team. I'm just looking at Jamal Williams is on injured reserve. There was positive reports from Alvin Kamara going back to the training camp. Kendry Miller had the opportunity to run away with this job and be a part of the offense. He was a part-time player with Tony Jones last week. I think my expectations for Kendry Miller are very limited at this point. I think that they can use him in the pass game. I can see them playing more balanced now that Jameis Winston is the quarterback. Um, so I just think it's a good spot for him. The offensive line does scare me with some of the injuries, but we'll double check that later on in the week. So I think it's just a good spot. Should be fresh coming off the suspension, uh, and he seemed pretty pumped to play. I'm with you. I mean, I, I think Alvin could have a really, really great game this week. Mm -hmm. And Rich Rebar, everyone knows, get most of my notes from him out of the show. You can check out his work over at Sharp Football. The worksheet's fantastic. Uh, no back has more than 52 yards in a game for the Saints so far this season. Like, Well, the reason is because they don't use their running backs. So look at them down here. This is like one of the other counters is their 30th in running back usage as a team. Is that a chicken or the egg situation? Exactly. We'll see. And this is even without Derek Carr, most likely. So like mm -hmm. it's a Jameis Winston and maybe we get some Taysom Hill thrown in there. But like, I don't know if this team will want to trust Jameis to air it out For like sure. we kind of seen from Derek Carr. Totally with you on the uh, chicken or the egg scenario. Okay. Running back 15 at the Dallas Cowboys. Rough defense. And Ramondre Stevenson checks in here. Yeah, this is hard because I, I think that Ramondre will do better chasing points, which the Patriots will be doing here. But at the same time, I was looking at the uh, neutral pass rates on defense, which is just when offenses are choosing, like what's like, what are the offense choosing to do when the game's like fairly close and teams facing the Cowboys are running the ball at the highest rate in the league. So will Ramondre Stevenson get a large chunk of that? Or is this revenge game time for Zeke Elliott? 
I've been pretty disappointed with uh, Ramondre Stevenson, all things considered. But I do think that if the Cowboys can kind of put some points on the Patriots, that there is kind of like garbage time receptions for the taking for Ramondre Stevenson, especially if like Micah Parsons really starting to get home and they just need to check the ball out to the flats. So I think it's like a kind of a fair spot for him. But I, I have been disappointed in how his film has looked and how much Zeke's kind of eating into his usage in general. Like that? Like that a lot. Okay, we go to the next player. It's Miles Sanders as running back 16. A bit of a shock to me. He does face the Minnesota Vikings. So give me your side here because uh, Miles Sanders certainly hasn't looked like the running back 16 on game film so far. Right, but he is the RB17 in actual points. And that's why watching the film can be somewhat dangerous here. Uh, RB8 in fantasy is just because he's getting all those targets. I don't think the amount of targets he's getting is going to stick to the same degree as you don't think he's going to have over a hundred targets this season. Hayden? We'll we'll see about that. I I do know this when I was watching the chargers game and the Vikings blitzed on 82% of the dropbacks, what you notice is it's impossible for the running backs to actually get out into the route. And that's one thing that's kind of concerning for me is miles Sanders. Like if those targets go down to two because they're blitzing so much, that would be a concern at the same time though. Vikings run defense in general has been, pretty uh mediocre averaging 101 rushing yards to running backs so i think they are going to force miles sanders the ball it just might not be the same way as it was the first couple games okay i have a few thoughts on this because obviously philly took this vikings run defense to town right i mean mm-hmm. it was a ton of yards i don't even have it in front of me but the Tampa Bay buccaneers and the chargers running backs only got 37 carries for 81 yards outside of that game. So again, it's been one of these really good, two good run defense games versus one really bad one. My theory on that is with how the Vikings play defense, where they load the box, they load the line of scrimmage, filling every single gap. And that can be tough to run on unless you are a master at the three styles of runs that you have, like the Philadelphia Eagles. So I am quite nervous about the Panthers rushing success in this game because they have not shown that kind of like front five cohesion and to be able to communicate and handle extra people in gaps at the line of scrimmage. Does that make sense? No, it it does. It does make sense. It's it's I think they can run on them if they want to, but I'm with you that it's like scary before you snap the ball, what the look is looking like. And that's why they threw the ball to Keenan Allen over the middle. I will say Panthers are projected for more points this week. They're like finally projected for 21, which is like a good thing. Like previously they were kind of sitting down here in like the 16 to 18 range. So like I'll take those three added points. Um, And it seems like Bryce Young is going to be playing. Yeah. Uh, Vikings are three and a half point favorites at home. I, uh, I kind of think they cover that. (laughs) I do too. If I had to take one, it would be Vikings. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. 
So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog. Or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Okay, Aaron Jones is also back for us, and I'm really excited. He faced the Detroit Lions. Um, both backs in A.J. Dillon and Patrick Taylor have run in quicksand without him, and he just adds another explosive element to this team and was a huge factor in week one for them. Yeah, massive factor. He's questionable. was limited all pra- uh, in practice all week, so I'm just waiting for like the final injury report before Thursday Night Football to like settle my rankings, but this is kind of the range that he's in. I'm with you. Like this team just like really needs Aaron Jones because yeah. the other running backs have been so bad. And this game is massively important against Detroit. Like we basically have already eliminated the Vikings and bears. It's just the lions and the Packers for this division. So I think they will go full stop uh, with Aaron Jones, assuming that he is ready to play. Jerome Ford checks in running back 18 for you. He's running back 22 in consensus. So people haven't come around yet. I understand it's the Baltimore Ravens, defense but like we just got maybe the worst possible matchup for him last week he still touched the ball a lot was out there a lot and still got two touchdowns albeit not fluky but difficult ones and again every matchup from now on should be easier yeah he ran hot last week with the touchdowns but he was the only running back to get an inside the five yard line opportunity we have cream hunt on the practice report with ribs and a groin injury so that's something to monitor but even with that i think that jerome ford looks good on tape But the Ravens have allowed 3.7 scoreless yards per carry to running backs so far this year. And last year, after they traded for Roquan Smith, they were absolute studs against the run as well. So it's not an easy matchup for him, but he played 60% of the snaps before garbage time. Saw the only goal line opportunity. I think that he looks good enough to me. Um, So I think this is where he belongs. Is my memory serving me correctly that uh, Zach Moss caught a touchdown over top of Patrick Queen's head? Or was it like just out of bounds? It was close to it. Oh, I mean, he had that wheel route. I'm not sure who I forget who was on Patrick Queen. So like, hey, we saw Jerome Ford run the sluggo last week. We've seen him do some uh, pass catching things so far. I I think in the receiving game, too, it can be a, a decent week for Jerome Ford this week. Okay, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are running back 19 and 20 against the Green Bay Packers. Talk to me about this tandem, because it certainly sounds like we're going to get Montgomery back by the time Thursday hits, and I'm crossing my fingers that it happens. He's been limited in practice all week. Thigh bruise. They were kind of contradicting themselves on how long it would take for David Montgomery to return. So this is one where I'm being a coward for now because we just don't have all the details. I'm, I'm assuming before Thursday Night Football gets kicked off, we'll have a better report on that. If Montgomery's like truly himself, he would go up. But for now, I'm assuming he's actually going to be a little bit limited from this. And we saw at least Jameer Gibbs' role increase. It wasn't the exact role that we were all hoping for, but uh, they at least increased that role last week. And like I said with Aaron Jones, this game means so much to the Lions. So I think they'll really try to get these two guys involved as much as they can. It's interesting. Running backs have been targeted at the second highest rate against the Green Bay Packers. So you'd think in your brain that, hey, let's get Jameer Gibbs involved in that situation. But Mm -hmm. outside of that week two game, when they use him basically as a wide receiver at times and angle routes out of the backfield, it has not been consistent usage in the passing game for Jameer Gibbs in weeks one Mm -hmm. and week three. Um, Again, 
hopefully as the season goes along, they, they, they understand how to incorporate him with not having to manufacture touches just for him, even though yeah. obviously the manufactured touches are nice too. Yep. Joe Mixon kicks us off. Because the Tennessee Titans. Uh, consensus rankings, I don't know un- if they understand who he's playing this week. Uh, they have him as running back 13. And again, you have him as running back 21 against this monstrous Titans defensive front. Yeah, opposing RBs are averaging 2.7 yards per carry, pretty similar to what it was last year because of their defensive tackles. And when I was watching the Bengals offense, it was very obvious the limitations that Joe Burrow had. They just kind of wanted to stay in shock and throw the ball into the flats to Jamar Chase in particular. They were actually first in neutral pass rate. I think part of the issue is, was Joe Burrow like healthy enough to like get under center and like really set up the outside zone that Mixon's usually running behind? I'm not sure. So he just kind of was phased out of the offense. He scored a touchdown last week, but this matchup is much harder for Joe Mixon. I jumped the gun on the next tier. Now we do that with Damian Pierce as running back 22 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's also ranked much lower in consensus rankings as a running back 28. He's averaging just 0.13 yards before contact per carry. 54th in the league among all running backs. Uh, it's pretty obvious when you watch too. Like watch the first run of every single week and he's getting yeah. contacted three yards deep in the backfield. The line of scrimmage is just being reset on this Texans offensive line. I will add, though, without Cam Hayward up front, the Pittsburgh Steelers are surrendering 5.5 yards per carries to opposing running backs. That's what caught my eye as well. Six worst against fantasy running backs as a whole. I will throw the caveat. They've placed Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs, so pretty tough sledding for the Steelers against those guys. But I'm assuming Larry Mutunzel's back this week. He was like almost ready to Please. go last week. That would be massive for them. And if you really squint, Damian Pierce, 15.2 and 14.2 expected half PPR points over the last two games, which is really strong. So he's not getting all the pass game work, but I, I'm starting to like really trust this Texans offense. And I'm hoping that it's not going to be like really bad negative game script like it was all off season. So, or all last season. So I'm getting more optimistic with Damian. Rashad White, you're running back 23. Again, this is a string of backs that you have ranked above consensus. Not sure that ma- how that makes you feel. Uh, he's running back 27, according to Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings. Um, I think we learn a lot about Rashad White the rest of the season from this week four matchup because he had 18.8 points against Chicago Bears. But then sandwiching that, 5.9 points and 5.7 against the Vikings and the Eagles defenses, despite owning... 48 of 67 running back carries and 10 of 12 running back targets. And the Saints team is not an easy matchup up front. Yeah, this is a battle between usage where he's the RB12 in this matchup where the Saints have been seventh best against fantasy running backs, averaging under four yards per carry. And then on top of that, Bucks have the fifth worst projected team total this week. So it's just usage versus the environment, which doesn't look too kind for Rashad. Now to the impossible ranking. Devon Achan at the Buffalo Bills. You're at running back 24. Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings, which brings in 100 analyst rankings and puts them together, has him as running back 25. Uh, what is going on through your brain when you try to rank someone like this? So I try to take a top-down approach here. So let's start with the Dolphins, who currently are second in running back fantasy usage now. Last week, things got a little bit out of control. I might have been uh, <laughs> unsustainable there. So... 
I'm just trying to figure out what percentage of this backfield, Achan, how are you pronouncing it again? It's like Achan. Achan. Achan is going to get, um, I think it's going to be like 65 35 in favor of Raheem Moster. That's why I have that really aggressive ranking on Raheem. Uh, and if he is getting like 35% of this backfield, that's about like 10 expected half BPR points, which then translates to around this range. Um, but also this next tier of running backs is hard envisioning them ripping off big plays. So this is kind of that tier break where I'm like, okay, the other guys have really good usage or big play threats. The guys after them, I have concerns about either their workload or their ability to rip off big plays. So I kind of sandwich them right here. Also get Jalen Waddle back, which is a different wrinkle versus what we saw with the breakout yes. last week. So do you think like 10 touches? I know not to speak like in that binary of yeah. terms, but like 10 touches for a quote unquote number two running back on this team. Yeah. I mean, that's more than what Salvin Ahmed was getting, but was that a chicken or the egg situation? Like, was yeah. that because they were throwing the ball to Waddle more and Tyreek more, or was it because they like, Achan more than they do with Salvin Ahmed. I mean, I'm not going to pronounce his name. It's Devon. I'm over it. You know what's funny, though? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say funny. Is like two years ago at Texas A&M, the local beat writers, like when he was doing a press conference, asked him how to pronounce his name. And he said, A-Chain. Yeah. yeah. So it's just changed on us. So yeah. we'll, we'll adjust as we move along. Okay. Najee Harris is up next at the Houston Texans. Can't believe I'm saying those words, Hayden. But he's your running back 25. I write in my notes that at least the schedule opens up. I mean, a really tough sledding for the <laughs> Steelers up front. And now they face the Texans. They have a season high 22 and a quarter point team total on offense. Texans have been six worse against fantasy running backs. Game script should not get away from Najee Harris in this game. And I know that uh, Jalen Warren has been playing more, but if you really look at it, Najee's still getting most of the touches in uh, neutral game scripts and I do think that he is very live for a touchdown this week given that their implied team total is above average so I don't want to call him a buy high or a buy low because that disgusts me but I do think <laughs> truly looking at the numbers that he is what's crazy and going back to his rookie year he got all the usage he was just a sponge right he's totally an afterthought in the passing game now just three catches two yards so far this season but they are favorites by three points at least Okay, Alexander Madison is your running back 26. What a run of players. Um, what do you think consensus has Alexander Madison this week? I would guess it's higher than this. Oh, yeah. Running back 17, they have him at the Carolina Panthers. And you know what? I am not the biggest Alexander Madison fan out there. But I think I lean closer to them than to you because I think Carolina's defensive line can kind of get moved around a little bit. Now the Vikings are having difficulty, especially in short yarded situations, doing that to anyone because they have their own injuries to deal with. And to that point, he has all of the carries inside the five yard in the season, which is four. Yep. And that has gone for negative four yards so far, which <laughs> no touchdowns included. Right. Um, I just don't know if we're gotten to a point where he's going to lose the volume that he has right now. I see. I, I, I'm going to read up on this. I've seen that Cam Akers will be active this game. I have concerns about Alex, or Alexander Madison and Cam Akers as players here, but I do think that this week is a week where he's at least threatened by it. But I am with you. The, the Panthers are 31st in rushing EPA and 28th in rushing success rate allowed. So it is a good spot for Alexander Madison in theory, but 
the offensive line injuries, Alexander Madison's own ability to break off big plays. And now this Cam Akers trade where he's actually going to be active. Right. Like those are scaring me a little bit. Isaiah Pacheco is your running back 27. Talk to me, New York Jets. Uh, he was one of three running backs to on the Chiefs to get a touchdown in the first half last week. Yeah, Pacheco got a million inside the five yard line opportunities, um, and he converted some of them. Eight and a half point favorites. That's good against the Jets. I will say New York is only allowing 3.6 yards per carry. So I think they're just going to maybe pass the ball a little bit here, and it is still a little bit of a rotation here. So this is kind of where I had him ranked before the season started, and I think there's been no reason to change that so far. Another optimistic Josh ranking is uh, you have Javante Williams as running back 28. I think he belongs a bit higher. Uh, I think this is almost like a make-or-break week for him where it's an ideal matchup. Obviously, they're facing the Chicago Bears. He has yet to post a top 24 scoring week out there. But, man, the Bears have allowed 18 rushing points to backfield, just rushing Mm -hmm. so far. And in three games, four running backs have had top 12 scoring weeks against them so far. Yeah, I, I can move him up a little bit. He's just been not very good. You know, and that's that's been my problem with him. The game script is perfect for it, though. So, the, and he has been the RB twenty eight in usage so far with some of those games getting away from him. So maybe I need to move him up a little bit. But it is on my radar, like how inefficient he has been, and it's like not a surprise to me because their offensive line is pretty iffy, and then he's coming off that very serious knee injury. So maybe I'll move him up a couple spots. Okay, to close up this tier, it's Tyler Algier, obviously Bijan Robinson's number two, and then Brian Robinson, man. We went from like running back five overall to Brian Robinson to extreme negative game script last week. And we saw the usage that he got in that. And it's probably going to be negative game script once again this week as they face the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, maybe I'm moving him too far down, but like the game script is just so brutal. They're projected to lose by almost 10 points. They're road dogs. Last week, he had 7.2 expected half a year points because they were getting blown out only eight routes in negative game script. And then on top of that, Philly's the second best against fantasy running backs are only allowing 2.8 yards per carry. And that's not a surprise if you watch uh, any snaps of Jalen uh, Carter or anybody else on that offense. So they'll try to get him going. Like even last week, he still had 10 pretty efficient carries. But like, I mean, my gosh, this is not looking good for Brian Robinson in, in terms of environment. Tier five time. And that lends us to James Conner. And this is a rough one, you know, like, We just talked about game script and being underdogs. I I think there might be a side or or, or reasoning that says, well, maybe Vegas is just totally undervaluing and underrating the Cardinals and they have so far the season. And despite all that, James Conner is still one of the biggest workhorses in the NFL. And so could they potentially be doing that once again against the San Francisco 49ers here in week four? Even if they are undervaluing the Cardinals, they are still 14-point road dogs. So, like, let's say it's 10 points. It's still not good for James Conner here. The 49ers are allowing just 37 rushing yards per game to running backs. And James Conner is only playing uh, on 51% of the dropbacks. So, this is one of those, like, basically the same conversation we had with Brian Robinson that things could just get away from him. And then teams are trying to pass the ball against the 49ers in neutral game script at the highest rate in the league, which is no surprise to me, given that linebacker core in the defensive line. Okay. I'll run through a few names here. Brees Hall, then Matt Breida, Khalil Herbert, and then Gus Edwards, who, uh, as producer Weaves just pointed out, was a full participant in Wednesday's practice. 
Yeah, it sounds like Justice Hill's probably another week away too. So that would be good news for Gus Edwards. In terms of eruption spots, this is one for Khalil Herbert, uh, according to the numbers. But could they actually keep the game script close enough to make that actually matter? I think they'll try with Khalil Herbert. But this is kind of the you are pretty screwed tier of running backs, in my opinion. Matt Breida, 82% of the snaps last week. The Giants just don't use their running backs at all without Saquon Barkley and then Brees Hall upgraded to 49% of the snaps, a little bit more usage, but it's still hard to overcome just how wow. bad that offensive line is right now. So yeah. Yeah. We are still waiting for the mass text of the entire world revolves around Brees Hall and the New York jets <laughs> offense. Uh, and until that happens and he gets like 70% of the work, you just are crossing your fingers, not watching the game and hoping you see a red zone highlight of him reeling off the 60 yard score. Cause that's the only way it can happen right now. And then over the last two weeks, RB 54 out of RB 55 qualifiers and PFF Grady's only forced one missed tackle on 1.6 yards per carry. So I think part of that's on him. I think part of it's certainly on the boxes he's facing in the offensive line. That's now very injured. And again, Sunday morning's Q&A session, if Saquon, something changes and he's in his lineup, we'll re-rank him. But yep. you have Matt Breida as running back 33. And the Giants, because they're bad game scripts and the Saquon injury, as you write, they are dead last in running back kind of usage. So just not a great environment for him. Okay, we'll close this out with names like Kenny Gainwell, Jalen Warren, Jarek McKinnon, and Roshan Johnson. Do any of them have a chance to you? Any of them? You got to throw a prayer. Maybe gain well for a touchdown. You know what? I mean, since, and I know that they're favored, so we just lean in the direction of Najee Harris in scripts like that. But if a team is favored and um, they should have success, that could also mean that Jalen Warren reels off a big play, too, that we have seen him mm-hmm. do. And that can be in the running game as well. So Jalen Warren from that grouping to me is is the one that I would go with. Yeah, and I guess Roshan Johnson, in theory, could have one of these. All right, we're 0-3, time to see if the rookies got something sparked to him. But yeah, this is desperation mode. Okay, that's going to do it. Again, tomorrow, we'll have quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses, Friday wide receivers. Speaking of wide receivers, go and check out Hayden's dissection along with Steve Smith Sr. with Keenan Allen and how the old man is still kicking these young corners' butts out there mm-hmm. with his releases, hand signals, all that stuff. I thought at some point Steve might be like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. It, he's, he's, he's debating with me a little bit. We're going back and <laughs> forth, having some friendly conversations. I will say we did agree on one thing for sure, though, that Quentin Johnson still needs some time and it's going to be a work in progress for him uh, and just the way they're using him. So go watch that video. All right. Go and watch it. And I'll scheme uh Actually, too many episodes this week. Uh, We'll post one on Thursday and one on Saturday this week. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Up the Villa. We'll talk to you all soon. And shout out to Producer Weaves. See